0: Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. Enjoy today's episode and be sure to follow us for weekly content.
1: All right, welcome back to Getting Past the Premium, everybody. This is going to be a fun one with Nick Obie, and I'm super excited for this, man. How you doing?
2: Doing good. Doing good. So excited I gave a damn talk. A <laughs> there you go. I'm doing go. good. I Not too many people get up. that
1: excited to talk to me, Nick, but I appreciate it.
2: You know, we had a good warm-up before we have uh, before we got <laughs> rolling here. So
1: that's right. That's right. So I think that'd be good uh for people that don't know you. I mean, I think a lot of folks listening probably do, but um, for people that don't, you know, I love your backstory, you know, your uh journey in the industry, and I want to dive into some of that. Cause I think it's very applicable to folks listening, but give everybody the kind of who you are, where you've been high level, and then we'll, we'll jump in.
2: Good. Yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate it having me on. So I probably, I was in the industry about 12 years and was, as a broker about six years in, I kind of had this BOR modeling rolling. Yeah. Like things are good. Like I'm selling on BOR, This system that I kind of built out was working and, I mean you I mean you sell a similar way it's like dude I just felt like a complete stud. I'm like nobody in the in the area could touch me. Everybody else was quoting. I'm going to these industry events, like you know, every broker's like, dude, how the hell are you doing it? And yeah. you know, meanwhile, I'm taking their accounts behind not behind their back, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm taking the accounts from underneath them.
1: Yeah, you're winning. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun, dude. And it was just, it was, it was working really, really well. And I got to a point where I'm looking at it like, okay, I see the path forward. I've got equity in my book, 50-40 commission split. Country Club membership, expense account, like the whole deal was there. I'm building this thing on BOR, and I just it literally was not fulfilling me. Yeah, I'm like, damn, dude, like what? What is going on here? And really, my passion the entire time was to scale this BOR system. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I set out to prove. Okay, it worked. Check that box. Now let's move on. and So I spent probably the last half of my career at the agency I was at trying to figure that out. Looked at, you know, push for partner. Looked at starting my own agency, looked at leaving to go to a different firm. I kind of joined there you know, with some equity and build out this BOR thing. Yep. And it ultimately landed on this coaching thing. I found this. I was literally on a coaching call, a community that I was in. I'm like, holy shit, that's what I want to do. That's how I can scale this system. No red tape, no bullshit with the carriers. You don't have this <laughs> license. You know, you, we don't write in that damn state. I'm like, okay, this is how we can do it. And so I started doing that, sort of pushing towards that. Once I committed to it and actually started working with producers, it was even more rewarding than than I ever thought, because now the producers were buying into it more than the clients were. Like I was having those conversations with the clients. Yeah. They were excited. But other producers talking about, hey, here's how we can do it. Here's how we can make it better. Like there was like actual passion there. So that's how I got into that, committed to it fully about a year ago. And now just teaching this process, basically showing producers how to use the DOR to actually write new business without having to quote, without having to go to the market.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it, and it resonates with me. We you know have a similar mentality. You and I have talked about that uh, in depth over time. But, uh, sometimes I, I, so like, we all assume that people know what we're talking about, right. When we say selling by BOR and things like that, but break that down a little bit. I mean, just before you get into the, the specifics and any tactics or anything, just what do you mean when you say, you know, you're selling by BOR, you're winning by BOR? Yeah,
2: dude hell of a point <laughs> this, at one point too, i read it to somebody they're like what do you mean i i'm like yeah. you know broken record they're like you mean o-a-r oh yeah and, uh, not OAR,
1: A-O-R. A-O-R. I always yeah.
2: think of it the damn band that's yeah. why i go b-o-r but and i'm like oh shit i didn't even realize that other people called the agent of record so you're, mm-hmm. you're spot on with like what the hell are we talking about and i think it's gotten a bad rap for a number of years because there was people using it in a sleazy way hey yes. just sign this damn piece of paper i needed to quote and then there's the backside of like, well, the carrier is just going to stick me with the other agency, you know, issue. So really what we're talking about is on the front end, going out like your normal new business process, 90, 60, if you're really pushing it, 15, you know, 120 yeah. days outside of the renewal. Instead of going out and getting a quote and saying, hey, here's what we need to go quote your business, literally present the BOR, said, look, I want you to, you know, choose me as your representative, hire me as your broker. I will go to the market on your behalf, but I need to be the broker before I do any of the work. Yes. Getting the B O R signed and then going out and doing whatever work you agreed upon. Maybe that's staying with the current carrier and just negotiating with them from a coverage perspective and terms uh, and pricing terms, or it could mean going to the whole market. And a lot of times it is, right? If they're going to hire you exclusively, it's that first year they're going to want you to go to the market. And so getting the broker record letter signed, agent of record, whatever you want to say, OAR, the damn band, whatever you need (laughs) to sign ahead ahead of time, getting that signed, then going out and going to do the work, then going to the market. Because what we're doing is by writing business on BOR, we're guaranteeing revenue in the front end. We're guaranteeing that we're going to get paid regardless of what the outcome is in the the marketplace. And for me, that was huge because I was tired of losing damn control. Like I've got this great opportunity, I've got this great relationship, and it's all dependent upon some underwriter in a different state can they get the price to where we need it to be? And even if they do, now we have the incumbent agent. Now, do they get a last look and they're mm-hmm. going to match the price and they're going to stay? So it's like all this shit's out of my control. Like I want to control the process. I want to get the guaranteed revenue up front and then go do the work.
1: Yeah, totally. And I'm glad you kind of walked through it that way. Uh, to me, it it also is you have to sell yourself. You If you're going the quote model right? Where you are, Hey client, let me come in. I've got some carriers you may not have. Let me go out and get some quotes. Might be able to find you a cheaper price, blah, blah, blah. If you're going down that path, your value proposition is the carrier, right? Yeah, you're hoping that they're cheaper or maybe they've got a different coverage or their claims are better or whatever, right? It's all dependent upon that carrier. And exactly like you said, you have no control in that situation. And that's why I think selling on this model is not only better for you. It does require some more work sometimes. You have to create a value proposition for you and your firm, uh, but it's also just a better process for the insured, for everybody involved. And, and really, you're 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 doing a better thing for the client by explaining this again, doing it the right way, but explaining what this means gives them a better opportunity to get the best you know, pricing coverage in the market, because now they have one person that's representing them rather than, you know, sometimes multiple people that are representing them. And so ultimately, not only does it give you a better opportunity, but I think it's better for the client as well. Is that, would you agree with that?
2: Dude, hundred percent. I mean, when I started doing it, it was 100% selfish. I'm like, I want, this is better for me. I'm going to (laughs) do it. (laughs) But as I got going, I'm like, wait a minute, it's actually better for the client because now you're saving their damn time. They're not meeting with three brokers who are all going to go to the same carriers just to find yeah. out the first the first one blocked the other two out. And it's like, for me, I always thought about like the taxes. Like if I went to a CPA and let's say every year I was trying to find my taxes or going to three CPAs. And a CPA finally came up to me and said, hey, dude, you realize the IRS is only going to give you one tax return? And that <laughs>
1: the,
2: the first CPA to actually submit your tax return is the only one that's actually going to get it. So you're wasting your time with the other two CPAs digging up all that bullshit that you don't yeah. want to deal with. Like my mom would be blown first. I'd probably be pissed. I'd be like, what do you mean? So I spent the past 10 years going meeting with three different CPAs and really two of them didn't even stand a damn chance to get me anything. Yeah, Like that would drive me absolutely insane. So when I kind of put it in that perspective, I'm like, we're doing the client a benefit just from a time perspective. And then at the same time, if you think about their premium, that's what they all care about. They want to pay less in premium. Yep. They don't care that you have your CPCU and CIC and all this <laughs> other bullshit that we care about. They don't necessarily care about it. If if you've got multiple brokers submit to the same carrier, it actually is like a um like a negative ping on your or multiple pings on your credit score. It actually hurts their chances to get better pricing because the underwriter doesn't take them serious. Yep. What the hell is this account doing? They got three brokers in here, three different submissions. I'm not looking at it. Or if they do, they're not going to give their best prices. So you're spot on it actually is better for the client to find one broker to properly represent them in the marketplace, to negotiate on their behalf and actually manage that negotiation, especially over a three to five year period. We don't want to be in the market every year. You got a broker okay. that's blocking the market just because they don't trust their client. That <laughs> kills it, right? It kills the client's reputation. Of the, market. the client's like, I haven't shopped in three years. Well, your broker has because they don't yeah. trust your app for shit. So it's like, <laughs> your name's been in the market. Now, when you go to market, your, your, your pricing's destroyed, so that's the the benefit to the pros, uh, the prospect, the client, however, wherever you're at in the situation. It's like it is better for them to have one broker representing them.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that underwriter fatigue is what I kind of call what you're talking about, where underwriter you know sees the client's name come across their desk either multiple years in a row or yeah. from multiple brokers in a given year. Um, I I was just discussing this with uh, one of our carrier reps and they're like, I just, they were talking about this. and I don't think some people realize that we keep records. (laughs) We know exactly how many times your account's been submitted and when and how and by who. And I mean, they know everything, you know, and then they're like the best is when we'll get like loss runs from one broker. And then we get a different set from another broker and like stuff like that can happen. And they're like, it just paints a bad picture of the client at the end of the day that sometimes they don't even know, right? And so the other thing, so to take this then to the next level, right? Is okay, if we're gonna sell on BOR, we're selling ourselves, right? We're we're, we're walking the client through uh, why they should hire us. And and I'll let you kind of give your thoughts, but this to me, uh, where I wanna start that is, to me, it starts with a re-education process with a lot of clients, right? Mm-hmm. They have been trained for a long time to buy insurance in a certain way. I.E., go out and get multiple bids, you know, bring in multiple brokers to keep your broker honest, uh, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. That, but that's how they that's all they know. Right. That's how they've run their <laughs> business for 20 years and they've done it that way for 20 years. So w- walk us through that initial conversation, maybe how you you talk about, you know, that the start of this. If I'm working towards a BOR, how am I positioning myself? How am I educating that client to think differently about this whole process?
2: Well, dude, a couple things to start out. Can you imagine if we use that saying in any other aspect of our lives? Like, oh yeah, every three to five years, I keep my doctor honest. I don't trust the yeah. son of a bitch operating <laughs> on me and do whatever, but you yeah. know, I just got to keep him honest. Like, or your CPA or your term. like. What? I don't get so why that's true. acceptable. Like yeah. it's just unacceptable that that's how people operate. Well,
1: they're looked at as advisors though. You know, that, that's a trusted advisor that you're selecting for a very important part of your life. And I don't think, You know, a lot of of our industry is we've done a disservice in treating ourselves as salespeople. But go
2: ahead. Well, 100%. And I think if you look back to kind of how this thing's evolved and why it's like, well, we trained the prospect and and the consumer on how to buy this way. It's like, okay, well, why? Well, where did we start? If you think about it, the insurance, the independent insurance agency used to only have one or two carriers. Yeah. And so that's how they sold, right? It was on market access. I'm the exclusive broker, agent, whatever you want to say. In this region for travelers, I could be the biggest freaking prick in the world, but I've got travelers. They've got the best landscaping program. You have to come through me. Your certs are going to take five days. I don't give a shit. I'm playing golf. None of that matters. <laughs> if you want travelers, like you got to come through me. That's how it started.
1: Yep. And then so what true. happened
2: is brokers, it evolved where brokers started getting more and more carriers and so the carriers opened up the marketplace. And so you didn't have to go to like, I'm going to go to Elliott. For Travers, and I'm gonna to go to Nick for Liberty. You had to do that every three to five years if you want to see multiple options. But now you could go to one broker and get to all of them. Yep. But the brokers didn't evolve, the conversation didn't evolve, and we didn't really educate the consumer on the changes that happened.
1: That's fantastic perspective. Before you keep going, I yeah, I want to put a pin in that one because uh that what you said there is the the industry evolved where we had more carrier access with with more people, but the conversation and the brokers didn't evolve and sometimes like, I don't know why we're so slow to evolve as a, as a brokerage community, right? It's why this show exists really. But, uh, that is something I think we all need to continually ask ourselves is we, what's that next evolution we need to make? Uh, and this is a great example of that, but, but keep going. This is uh, a huge perspective.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I appreciate you, you jumping on that because that's, that's really the reality of it. It's like, We've changed. The industry's changed how we buy it. And, and sell insurance has changed, but we haven't changed the education to the consumer. We're still going the same way. Yeah. I think that is the front end thing that needs to happen is educating the prospect, the client. Here's how the market works now. I get that's what you used to do 20 years ago, but it doesn't work anymore. It's changed. It's evolved. Here's how you have to navigate the system now. Here's what you need to do if you want to beat that insurance system, however you want to phrase it. You know, navigate the market, yeah. negotiate renewal. You can phrase it a thousand different ways, depending what client that you're talking to. You know, construction. Keep your agent honest, right? However, the client phrases it, however, they're, whatever they're looking to accomplish, that has changed, and your strategy needs to evolve and change with it. And that's really where the education starts. Is prospect, here's how you, here's how you navigate the market. You need one broker, and here's what they need to do for you, and here's every step that they need to take to make sure you're getting the most out of the marketplace. And I think that's where a lot of times brokers fall short is they're going to either quoting or they're just going to start talking about themselves. Hey, here's what we can do. We've got this risk management portal. We've got the experience mod. We're going to negotiate your reserve six months prior to to the mod uh, on unit stat date, right? We're talking about all these features that we can do, but the prospect doesn't see how that solves their problem. Their problem is premium. They want to solve the premium problem. And so they think, dude, that's great. You have risk management, HR, whatever the hell you got. Who cares, dude? How am I going to solve the premium problem? So we have to show them, Here's a better way to actually solve that problem. Because once they buy into that, then the rest is easy. Like it actually becomes easier to pitch to BOR because we're showing them a better solution to the number one problem that they have.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Education, like we can throw, I call it feature launching. We can throw all the features we won't want at them, right? But if they, we have to then connect the dots for them. We can't rely on them to connect the dots because that example you used, you know, the uh, negotiating reserves on your work comp to by the stat date and you know, whatever they're, they're going to be like the reserve on the, the, what in this, the, what date in the, you know, they're just going to go right over their head. They have no idea. They don't know why that's important. Um, and it takes, I, I liked how you said that here's, here's what this engagement with your broker should look like. Here's what the renewal process should look like in a best practices scenario, right? Once you've educated the client on that, then you're going to show them your process for doing that, which should be that or better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a shot at redefining this conversation.
2: 100%. And that's the thing that like the actual sale is selling them on the strategy, the new way to solve their problem, yeah. which is the premium. Right. They don't, they're not out there going, Hey man, I wish I had ordinance and law on my policy. Do you have <laughs> ordinance and law? Like they don't, yeah. they don't give a shit, right. they Right? they're, Hey, you're paying more and my friend's paying more in premium than me. Well, dude, your friend is a commercial roofer and uh, you're a commercial roofer and he's a a home bathroom model. Like, of course, he's paying. Well, we're both construction. Like, we've all heard that argument from prospects. Like, the reality is that's the number one thing that they think about is premium. So what we need to do is show them a better strategy, a better solution to solving their premium problem. Once we do that, like, that's the whole sale. They have to buy into that. If they buy into the new solution, which is the new way of thinking, which is one broker, then the BOR is super simple because you're the one that educated them on the process. Yes. So it's like, hey, here's the strategy you need to run. Here's what it looks like. Here's how you navigate the market. And then here's what we've built at our agency to help you execute that strategy effectively. We don't quote because it hurts your chances to get the best premium. It's like the, the conversation becomes much simpler once they buy into that as as the solution. If they don't buy into, into it as the solution, your chances of getting the BOR, you'll, you'll drastically down.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's almost like too, at that point, you're not really competing. You're not in a competitive environment um, because you're the one that is managing that information, managing that education. So you don't have to. Uh, you know, downgrade the current relationship. You don't have to figure out a wedge or whatever, just by bringing the client along, they're going to understand that this, I haven't been getting this. Like, why haven't I been getting this? Right. And a lot of times they won't even ask that question. They'll just be like, where do I sign up? Because my, you know, I've been with this guy for 10 years and he hasn't said any of this to me. I didn't, I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know that this is how I should be doing this. Um, And I, you know, the other thing I would say in there is don't assume that the client knows this stuff, right? maybe maybe elaborate on that piece, right? Like a lot of times I think folks just assume because this business owner's been doing it a long time that he knows how this works or she knows how this works. Uh, never assume that that the client especially has been taught this stuff or knows this stuff, right?
2: Yeah, there's a couple things you said there that I want to hit on. I'll hit on that one first. And literally, I was typing a post on this earlier today. My wife and I were talking about over the week. We're training potty training our three-year-old daughter.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And so was it yesterday or Saturday? She shit her pants. It's like, oh. like whoa. Like, we, had, yeah. we we went over this. Like, hey, okay? like when you have to go to the bathroom, here's what we do. You tell us. And she looks at us. She's dead serious. She goes, we, we said, when you got to go potty, you're supposed to tell us. She goes, I didn't have to go potty. I uh- had to go do <laughs> it. And we're like, yep. oh. we're like, wait a minute. Oh, who is different than potty? Yeah. She's like, well, yeah, you said if I have to go potty, I didn't have to go potty. And it's like, oh my God. Like yeah. it hit me. Like for her, it's like, wow, we have to explain it to every level, like very detailed. She doesn't understand this stuff. She's never done it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now it's like if you have to do both things, oh, okay, I can do that. I can tell you. Okay, cool. Let's go back to what we're doing. It's the same with the prospects. Like they do not get any of this stuff. Like we have to explain it at such a basic level. That it almost seems like it's so damn oversimplified that like we're going to insult them. But the reality is they don't know any of it. Yeah. Like they have not been taught any of it. And even the broker, the people that you mentioned with that have been with the same broker for 20 years, their broker's not telling them anything. Correct. But here's the quote. Hey, this is the best we could do. And, yeah. yeah. we check stuff. Like they're not, they don't understand. How Two to days
1: possibly. before renewal. and <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. You're almost 25% down. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, they're so frustrated with that process. So it's like, if you could show them the details, like very simply lay it out for me. Here's how you, your title last minute renewals. Here's how you get around last minute renewals. I don't care if you do it with me or not. Here's what you need to be doing. And really what we're looking to do, the whole industry is focused on going and find pain, right? Like that's what everyone tells you, trains you on on finding pain. You got to find the pain. And so my first, I think it was like the second account I ever wrote. I took it on BOR. I was like 20 shit what do you win graduate college 22 23 i was like three months in the business i don't know anything about any about insurance i'm still i think i just got licensed but i'm sitting there in this meeting i basically freaking blacked out i'm sweating i'm bright red <laughs> and like because our only play was the bor and in the office uh, i was yeah. in everybody like they're like dude they're with the right carrier you should just walk away i'm like
1: yep. walk away well, i remember like, that
2: stuff yeah, I'm like, dude, this is the only thing I have yeah. in the pipeline. I can't walk yeah. away. Like I have one account. <laughs> and so I'm like, I gotta pitch this BOR then. Like, and nobody knew how to do it. They were they're like, yeah, whatever. So basically blackout in the meeting. She says yeah, She signs up and, and we get to war. And the feedback that I got was like, well, hey man, that's not gonna happen every time. Yeah. Right? Because it was low hanging fruit. She had um, she had a lot of dude. pain. Her brother wouldn't even take her phone call. Yeah. Sounds like you guys threw something similar.
1: Well, it's just yeah, bringing back the same conversations, hundred percent. When I yeah. first started the business, yeah, it was like, you know, if you if you didn't have a carrier play, it was just walk away, go get the next one, you know. And then yep. if you had to BOR, it was just it was like this black box thing. It's like, well, you so then there's one other option, you know. It, we've exhausted all carriers. It's like, well, you could, you, you know, if you're really desperate, you could ask them to sign this broker of record letter. You know, and it's like, looking back, I just think it's so crazy to me that that was like how it was viewed, you know? When in reality, again, it's the better process.
0: Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice. The ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just For you, that's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners like me experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit LightspeedVoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice. We're more than just talk. Cass approved.
2: Keep going. it It was just like this dirty thing. Yeah. You're going to steal the other agent's work? Yes. (laughs) I'm not not stealing his work. Actually, if you think about it, dude, his work sucks. That's why I'm in here. Like, Uh I'm not stealing his work. I'm actually going to redo all his work. I really just want access to the market so that the client and I can work together. Like, you're spot on. It was like this dirty, like, little thing that you didn't want to do or no one knew how to do. And for me, dude, the first time I ever heard about it, So that was brown brown. So I I started there, got that first BOR. Basically, was like, dude, that's never going to happen again. Good luck, you know. It's like, okay, cool. I'll just go back to the old way, and I just started slapping it, it, quoting again, and moved um, to an agency in California. And I say slapping it because I freaking hated quoting. After I got my taste that BOR, I'm like, this is like, that's really cool. Like, now I got to go do this. And so I go to California, and they're like, hey, we got this hot new landscape program. I'm like, all right, what's the strategy? And um, excuse me, back up before that. I'm interviewing at this company. So, three companies, one of them, they go, dude, we only BOR. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. I had signed one BOR. I got one. Yeah. I still didn't get it. And I'm like, so how do you write new business if you don't quote? They're like, well, we kind of what we're talking about. And I was still too, I didn't, I could not wrap my head around it. And the the dude goes, look, dude, I don't think you're going to be a fit here. He goes, why don't you just go become an underwriter? (laughs) <laughs> and uh and I'm, pissed. I'm like you son of a bitch yeah i'm, not, I'm right i'm yep yeah. um uh, and so i didn't get it so i got it took this other job at this other firm and they're like hey we're going to quote we have this hot new landscape program back to what we were talking about market selection we're one of four brokers in the entire west coast with this thing it's yeah. the hottest new thing it's gonna be 40 percent less so we start selling this thing and that's all it was and so for the first quarter i was out there I mean, hammering the phones. I built up a 4.8 million dollar premium pipeline back then. I still talk premium; couldn't even tell you what the revenue was. <laughs> Bet we can figure it out. But anyway, so we get it up to that uh, 4.8 million. Everything renewed between April 1st and April 15th. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it was. They're right. This freaking program's hot. Like, and I'm starting to spend money. Like, I'm like, some even if I close 10 percent of this shit. Yeah. And I am like 23 at the time. Out of the whole thing, I wrote a thousand dollar bop. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it hurt. A lot and, of coding, uh, like huh? It, yeah, like I said, I spent some of the day- A lot of practice.
1: Money. Hey, you got a ton of practice in for a hundred bucks, Nick. <laughs>
2: dude, I don't even think I made that. I'm doing gas money and <laughs> yeah. I, my- Oh, no, you're time, going backwards. I, oh, I had a truck. It got 11 miles to the gallon and I drove 45 minutes to get that application signed for the $1,000 box because I'm like, I'm fucking writing yeah. something. Like I'm writing <laughs> one policy. I'm making sure she's signed. Anyway, dude, after that, I'm like, I th- this industry sucks. I want out. Like, if this is how it's going to go, like, I'm done. And then I remember that DLR guy. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's onto something. So that's where I really started diving into it with some buddies there. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't. I don't want to build a book on this. I don't, like, I'm not interested in, I felt like I had no value. I felt like they were literally just used me and abused me. And really what happened was we weren't 40% less. We were probably about 25. But then go figure the other agent and in the in, uh, yeah. the incumbent carrier weren't going to just walk away. Totally. So they... Really, we were about 10% less and everyone's like, Nick, you sold me on price and you weren't there. You said 40, you're 10, so I can't I can't leave. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just I want to be done. And so, but I said, before I do that, let's just figure out this BOR thing and take a look at that. And once I got that into that and started studying it, I'm like, okay, that's what I want to do. That's how we can do this thing. Because yeah. uh, it's completely different.
1: Oh, 100%. So let's get a little bit more tactical. I mean, you've hit on several of the things, but that I think you teach and and dive into it as much as you want, but we've talked about how we need to reeducate the client, right? They they need to understand the better or the appropriate way to hire their insurance broker, what they should be yep. looking for, how it should work. But again, I I think most people out there are probably sitting there going like you were, like I was at one point, like I have no freaking clue how to do that though. Like how do I show them I'm I'm better yeah. than, you know, my competition, right? We have all the same markets and so on and so forth, right? So walk through, like, again, now we're in we're in the sales process with the client. What am I saying, doing? How am I setting it up? You know, those types of things.
2: Yeah, well, I think the first thing is positioning. You have yeah. to position it from the beginning. So in the beginning, when I started doing this thing on the cold call, I'd say anything. They're like, hey, do you want to come quote? I'm like, sure, I'll be there. Yeah. And I'd show up to the meeting. And then on a meeting, I would try and convince them. Like, oh, hey, quoting is you don't want to quote. Here's what you want to do. And it, it wasn't going well because two things were happening was I was actually eliminating anybody by saying quoting. I was eliminating good prospects from taking meetings. Yeah. So I, I wasn't even getting those meetings. I was like, who the hell's this guy? And then the meetings I was getting, it was like bait and switch. They're like, dude, what are you talking about? You told me you're here to quote. Here's your little packet. I've got six other brokers behind you. Could you hurry up and get out of the way? Yeah. Like, what do you mean you want me to fire my, my broker? Like, it wasn't clicking. And so I'm like, okay, well, how the hell are we going to figure this thing out? Because it's not going well. So positioning on the front end and actually leading with the BOR without actually saying BOR. And the example that I give all the time now is like, but like if we were, we're the consumer in other aspects of our life, but let's say our cars, for example. If a mechanic called me up, he's like, Nick, I want to be a mechanic. Welcome mechanic. Why don't you, you, know, why don't you come down to the shop Dude, we'll do a a complete diagnostics report on your vehicle, It'll take about an hour and a half, and then I'll take you out to lunch. Yeah, we gotta do this on Saturday or Sunday. And then after that, about a week later, I'll come back to you with the report. We'll go over it. I'll show you where, you know, I could maybe save you some money with your tires. Maybe I can improve the maintenance of your vehicle. It's like, dude, holy shit, you already lost me. Like, I don't want to go to lunch with you. <laughs> I don't have time to drive out Saturday. Like, what, like, I don't have time to go through this process. Should I go through it? Probably. I'm with the dealership right now. I don't like them as my mechanic. I'm sure they're upcharging me, but I don't have time to go through your damn process. Now, if we flip it and the mechanic called me up and said, hey, Nick, I got the make and model of your car. Every other uh, mechanic will tell you to put synthetic oil in the oil tank. For whatever reason, with your car, that's actually going to cause the car to break down sooner. You're going to need a new car. you spend more in, li- uh, in maintenance over the life of the car. You're going need to need a new car sooner. You have 15 minutes to see if our how I can help you out. It's like, I'm probably taking that call. It's yeah. really easy for me to say yes to. It's only 15 minutes. And you've already identified a damn problem that I didn't even know I had. Like, I've got an oil change next week. I'm about to dump sy- synthetic oil into this thing. Like, what do you mean that's going to actually cause my car to break down? And it's the same concept with insurance. Like, rather than calling and trying to do it better than every other agent, hey, your other agent's going to get you your, your certain two hours. We can do it in an hour. It's like, call the prospect and simply explain, like, look, dude, every broker's out there is trying to quote your insurance. Quoting actually hurts your premium. You have some time for me to show you. And like that's really how I I like to lead in. Like, everyone's telling you one thing. There's maybe a better way to do it. You have some time to talk about it, and just changing the dynamic, changing of what you're positioning on the front end, rather than what a lot of people are doing is kind of the normal traditional process all the way through, and then it's like bam, they insert the BOR somewhere. Yeah, and the prospect's totally caught off guard, and that's where you get the objection. Well, I don't want to fire my agent. Feels wrong to you know to uh, to steal their work, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think something you said there to go back a step is find the right prospect, right? That's very difficult, but I think is one of, if not the most important step to kicking off the right sales process is find the people that want that type of a model, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) it's hard for us because everybody has to buy insurance. And I don't know how many times I've heard that, like, I've got this this hot lead, you know, and it you can start to ask a couple questions and, you know, they're not the right fit for this. You know, you, you can just feel it, but it's so easy to convince ourselves that we're going to continue going down this path because it's a hot lead. I got, I got this, this one thing, you know, so I want to, you got to say no to the wrong people and focus on finding the right people. And that's so important, but, but then you can position that right because they're going to be receptive to it and then keep going down, down the next part of the process.
2: You well, know, and I think the, your spot on qualifying them quickly is massive. Like, obviously, there's, when you pitch the BOR, there's one of two things. They say yes, and you guarantee you get paid, or they say no, and you don't get paid. Obviously, we would prefer to get paid. We prefer the yes. But the no is just as good because the alternative is when you quote, you wait 90 days to find oh, out if they're going to oh. say no. You wait 90 totally. days. To find out, like, are they? What are their true colors? Are they actually going to stab you in the back even though they said they wouldn't present your quote to their agent?
1: Yeah. The damn no time. Yes. <laughs>
2: like, Elliot, I will not, I definitely will not show your number to my, yeah. you know, my incumbent. They're literally the minute you leave, they've already typed that damn email. It's like, if that's how they're gonna operate, I want to know early in the process. And so from a, quali- a qualifying perspective, it's like I want to qualify them in 15 minutes. Like, are you fit or are you not? Yeah. If you're not fit, I'm gonna help the out still. I'm gonna still provide you insane value. And that comes back to the education piece prospect, you got one shot to negotiate with these insurance companies. That's it. I'm not the best fit to do that for you. Here's where you should go. Like if, you're, if your revenue threshold is 10,000 revenue, the prospect's only paying 10,000 premium, instantly disqualify them, send them to a local broker that you know handles that stuff and move on. Right. Sometimes we get caught up like, wow, you know, it's lower than I want, but I think I, you know, I could easily ride it. And it we spend all yeah. this damn time voting it to lose on price. So that I think is a huge part of it is quickly qualifying them and getting to that, really like putting their feet to the fire early in the process. Like, are you going to fire your other broker or not? Mm -hmm. And if if you educate them on the process and if you show them a better strategy to navigate the market, if you show them how you can help do that, you build this whole thing correctly and they still don't want to fire their broker. They weren't, they're never going to fire their broker, even if you save them 7% on their overall package. Correct. They're not going to leave. And so we just need to know that early and that's fine.
1: Yeah, save your time, put it into the right people, you know. And I I was laughing as you were talking there too. I'm like, you know, we get so mad at underwriters for holding our quotes, you know, until two weeks before renewal. Well, it's like they're doing the same thing, you know. I mean, yes, they're very busy, and I know that a lot of underwriters aren't doing this, but but it certainly is a strategy, right? The longer that that we can't use that to negotiate in the marketplace, the better. Well, the, it's the same thing we're doing to our clients in that scenario, right? Like yeah. I would hold you, you would wait to set that meeting as close to the renewal date as you could, because then they don't yeah. have as much time to go out and get a different quote or give a last look or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just think, think about how that pits you against your client, which is just not the way to start a good client relationship.
2: No, and, but respond, like, that was the training. Like, yeah. The training the training. <laughs> Block the market 90 days out and then give the quote three days before. And, yep. you'll, and you'll retain 98% of your accounts and you can go on vacation and play golf and hang out. It's like, <laughs>
1: so
2: holy true. shit. Like, like, okay. But it, when you explain that to the prospect on the front end now, like new prospects and even current clients, like, hey, this is what I'm trying to change. They appreciate it. It's like yeah. honest. It's real. It's like, this is how the industry works. This is what you are up against, even if your broker's not doing that. This is how the industry works. And it's really this attitude of like, it's you, me, and the underwriter versus the insurance system. Mm-hmm. Like we need to work with them and we need to work with you. And how can we help you prospect navigate and beat this insurance system? Because at the end of the day, every prospect doesn't, they have a bad taste and we've all heard it, necessary evil. I mean, yep. one of my top clients, I'd walk into his office, he'd say, Nick's year, hide your wallets." like, yeah. he's thinking I'm going to freaking pickpocket them all. Like, yeah. even though I saved the dude 30% the year before, like, it's like they have amnesia. Nothing. So like my wife my wife literally we just gave birth a month and a half ago she said i never want another kid again it was kind of a challenging pregnancy <laughs> yesterday she's like we have two kids because i think i want four kids i'm like holy shit you already <laughs> got yeah even them.
1: oh it's so so, so true
2: the, the same like they're the same like they forget all these things so it's this constant like like, hey, here's what we're working towards. Here's what we're doing. When we go to a new prospect, there's going to be 8,000 brokers that call you this year telling you they have a hot, hot market. Don't F it up. Don't take the phone call. Don't go to market because we have to stay out of the market for three to five years to create demand. Yes. Like We're constantly reminding the prospects of these things because they, they've been training correctly. And so it's retraining the prospect. It's getting them to buy into this process and then constantly reminding them that year over year.
1: Oh man, that's there's so much gold in there. I mean, stay out of the market for three to five years to create demand. That's that's money right there. I think that's so true. Okay, so let's just oh I want to keep in the interest of time and, and kind of keep going down that path. So now we're positioning, you know, with the client up front. Um, we're educating them through the process. But then Nick, <clears throat> ultimately, how do I get to this point where they're signing a BOR, hiring me, firing their current broker?
2: Yeah, so you've got We've touched on it a little bit. You basically have to pick and commit to a path, right? So when I first started, I was like, okay, quoting sucks. I'm done there. And then I got into this BOR around a coverage analysis, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going I'm to try and create some pain with gaps in coverage. Yep. It worked for a while. It didn't work as well as I wanted because ultimately what happens is, again, we're out of control. I don't like, I realize I'm, uh, a, there was that old uh, rental car commercial. He says he's a control enthusiast. I'm there with the dude, <laughs> like. I don't like, it's like, I was showing up to these prospect meetings, like literally be in the parking lot. I'm like, okay, hopefully their agent doesn't call them back. Hopefully their agent sucks. Hopefully they have a thousand yeah. gaps in coverage. If they do, I'll win the deal. And then I would literally get the policy binder after the first meeting, I'd sit in, in the freaking parking lot, I'd flip through. And I could tell you within five minutes, if there was enough gap stacks, get to get the BoR or not. Yep. And if there wasn't, I'm like, now I'm just like going through the process. Like, okay, yeah, I'll come to the next meeting. And I'm presenting like, you know, on page 280, they take away debris removal, they add it back. It's like, <laughs> uh, like I'm even like, I don't give a shit about this stuff. Like yeah. how the hell are they going to care? Right. And, and so it, like, it works to a point, but the idea there is if you go that path, you got to commit to it. But the idea is you're now like, you're changing what you're delivering. So I'm not going to give you a quote. I'm going to give you coverage cover analysis. At the end of that, I'm going to show you if there's gaps in coverage, I'm going to show you why you should come with me. Cause clearly your broker was asleep at the wheel. So here's why you should move with me. Right. So that's, that's one evolution of this BOR pitch. Did that for a while. I'm like, that's still not working. Like we just hey, talked about, it. I don't have control. Did,
1: yeah. did you ever have anybody where you found like a gaping major hole that you're like, this is slam dunk. Wow. How did the broker miss this? And you take it to him and then they're like, oh, wow, Nick, holy cow. Thank, oh my gosh. I cannot believe that our broker missed it. I'm going to go have to talk to Bob and, and have him fix that for me. But I appreciate Nick, you making that, you bringing that to my attention. Like it they're, happened all the time, and you're like, "Are you they're are they're you kidding me?
2: Like yeah. what? Well, well, I did I tell you I golf with Bob every yeah. Saturday. <laughs> hey, I can't That's I can't funny. fuck up the tee time, <laughs> dude." So it's funny, my wife and I were driving the other day and I forgot about this account. And that's what they did to me. I did this detailed, I mean, gap after gap after gap. And I drove by and I can flashing flash back. I go, those son of a bitches. And she's like, what? Like, we're in the car with my wife, my two daughters. Like, some years ago, they took my coverage analysis and they gave it. Yeah. And like, I forgot about it. And so there's that. But then there's the other side where like, there was this account. And this is where I finally turned for me. I'm like, I'm freaking done with this. I literally had this meeting. It was probably like 10, 15,000 in, in revenue. And um, so I'm, I, probably, I pitched a coverage analysis. So, okay, okay, let's, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this thing. She didn't send me the damn policy. She sent me like three deck pages out of everything she had. So I show up anyway. I do my freaking pitch. I'm like, she looks at me and she had the, the audacity, I guess, to go like, dude, that was the worst coverage analysis I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, but you didn't send me anything. So how, what, like you gave me nothing to analyze. Like, of course it sucked. Like, Like no, no shit. Right. So obviously I don't get the deal. She's pissed that she didn't get what she thought she was getting was this analysis. I walk up pissed and whatever situation I was in, right. Like I didn't get the policies. That's another huge, most deals die because the prospect says, I'm going to send you the policies and they don't send you deck pages. Yeah. So yeah. And we send that pathetic email. Have you had a chance to dig up the policies yet? yeah (laughs) Of course they have a binder
1: off of the the shelf and
2: scan it into me. Be in the area tomorrow. No, you're not going to be there. You're just like looking for any excuse to get yeah. these. So as I'm looking at it, I'm like, these deals dot. Like, okay, one is, okay, I have to get the policies. I get over that hurdle. Then there has to be gaps in coverage. Okay. Then they have to actually care about the gaps in coverage. Okay, that's the next hurdle. Now they care about the gaps. I, I can get the BOR or they have to send me the stuff. And, and I have to be able to actually analyze it. And so I looked at it, I'm like, this is not working the way I want. It was better than quoting if I could get everything to line up. But there's a lot of variables that, that were out of my control. And so when I started thinking about it, the, and really the process has evolved, right, from me as a broker in that process, and then now to what I'm doing, actually just talking with brokers on an everyday basis. I've hired my own coaches, like, hey, here's what I was doing. Help me dissect this process. How do we, like, really dive into this thing? Were we... Have you know really landed on this thing is like the BOR without a coverage analysis and ultimately without having to find pain. That's what we want. Because every BOR situation that I've ever run into, either myself directly or talking with other producers, is because there was pain. Right? Some sort of pain. Right. Manufactured pain, we found a gap in coverage, their experience mod is high. Or their agent wasn't calling them back. Low-hanging fruit type stuff that we always hear. Yeah. Like, of course you're, you're your agent's not going to call you back or give you a certain, we can solve that problem, you know, no, no problem. And most brokers have no problem asking for that, you know, the BOR there. Yeah. But what we want to do is create that pain consistently every single time. And what we've been able to do is create it around the premium. Premium is your number one problem prospect. I hear that. Let me show you a better way to actually navigate the market so you can pay less or pay your fair share in premium over a period of time. We're never really going to pay less, especially in this hard market. Yeah. But that's really where we create the pain consistently. You're getting last minute renewals. All right, let me show you how to not get last minute renewals. It's not you. It's how the system works. The really, the system was designed to give you last minute renewals so you didn't look elsewhere. Here's how you fix that. All right? So it's teaching them and, and getting them to understand this, this new process and tying it around the pain that we know they have. Everyone's got a premium pain on some level. Yep. So that's really getting around. I don't know if that makes sense. Or-
1: no, totally, dude. That's I think that's spot on. And I think there's a lot of people that out there in our industry that just don't have maybe the confidence or uh, don't feel like they have the ability to go in and have that conversation. But again, as with anything new, right? Practice makes perfect, and dive in and and figure it out as far as what your process is going to be and the language you're going to use. But I think you're spot on in in finding something that everybody relates to, and that is often a common misnomer still for producers or agencies in our industry is that premium, the way to lower premium is through shopping or, you know, finding a different carrier or whatever. And it is so false in the long term, right? In a given year, sure, you might have a carrier that's going to buy some business or whatever. But if you're truly trying to manage the premium spend for your client, you have to take a long-term approach to it. And the only way to do that is through exactly what you're talking about. And then we have to educate the client on how to do that. So I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that makes a ton of sense. Before we get off though, so <clears throat> folks out there sitting here listening going, wow, this makes total sense. This is the way I want to do it, but I have no freaking clue where to start. Yeah. How do they get a hold of you?
2: LinkedIn's probably the best bet. You can DM me there or you go to our website, producer.systems. You can email me nick at producer.systems. So awesome. those are probably the three best ways.
1: Yeah. And and dive into a little bit, though, about what you're doing with folks. I know you got a lot of different things you're working on, but just, you know, dive into what you're actually doing to help folks. um,
2: Yeah. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, basically I'm posting daily just ideas on how to do this stuff, how to execute this stuff and build the structure, build the framework. And then we're actually coaching producers on this process. So how to build out that BOR selling system and really go kind of start to finish with like, how do I position it? How do I pitch it and ultimately ask for it? And in, you know, kind of in between, interview and qualify the prospect. Really, those are the three steps: is you know, position, interview, and pitch. How do we simply simplify that that process? Build that out so we can consistently create pain with every single prospect. That's what we're helping them do. And the whole idea is that we're going to be able to BOR without having to find pain. We eliminate that entire section of let me go ask a thousand questions, let me do a mod analysis, let me do a coverage analysis, like. We can do all that and all that stuff's important once they sign up to be a client. Once they sign the BOR, then we'll go do all that. work. Yeah. And so we want to free up our time. So we're coaching producers on how to really produce and agencies on how to execute that process and build that out for themselves.
1: That's awesome, man. And I would encourage everybody out there. If if this is something you're interested in learning more about, definitely reach out to Nick. Not only is he a good dude, but he's got, he's onto something with, with this uh, BOR targeted strategy. And, Think about, I know it's hard sometimes to invest in training and education and coaching and whatnot, but, you know, just think if you join or hire somebody like Nick to, to build this process, help you get better at what you're doing, and you go out and you close one or two of your target deals, your ROI, you're going to be ROI ahead at that point. And so uh, think about it from that lens, not just that, ah, oh, geez, I, you know, I don't want to go out and spend more money on on additional education or whatever. It's well worth, worth looking into, so- I appreciate you being on, man. This has been fun. Dude,
2: thanks for having me. It's a blast. I'll happen to do this anytime.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again because there's so many little nuances in there that we probably could have yeah. spent the entire time talking about, not just trying to cover everything. So,
2: I was just going to say, I'm like, shit, I didn't cover this. I want to cover that. I mean, there's so <laughs> many details to this thing. And, um, yeah, dude, it's fun. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we'll do it again for sure. Appreciate thanks, it, dude. man.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the L-A-A-I-A? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass approved.